Well, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Figuring It Out with Josh and Pat. Um, I'm incredibly excited to be back this week. Um, I was off on a trip last week and Josh kind of took a little uh, solo. Um, I did have a chance to listen to that and it was some pretty good content. So uh, I had no fear in leaving you in his hands. I knew you guys would get a really good podcast and um, it was actually really nice to be able to sit back um, a little bit later in the week and uh, be able to kind of just listen to that with an open mind and not knowing that I was going to be talking. So to really just kind of hear the content. So I'm excited to be back this week um, and ready to dive in on today's topic, um, which is going to be something that's kind of cool um, or not cool, depending on how you look at it with uh, the subjects we're going to be talking about today. Um, but we're going to be talking about sports uh, kind of during COVID and see where that takes us. So anything you want to add, Josh? I do. I before we hop into that. So first is, um, I'm curious if there's anything, first off, I appreciate the, the kind words and stuff. And it was interesting doing a solo po- a podcast, but uh, I missed you, man. And I'm happy that you're back on here this week. And I'm curious when you listen to that podcast, if there's anything that you wanted to add to like breaking up monotony, like what were your general takeaways? Is there anything that you would like to add to that? No, not at all. I actually thought you hit it like really well. It was actually really funny as I'm listening to it. I'm thinking in my head points that I would want to hit. Um, and you actually hit every single one of them during that entire, you know, during that entire podcast, which was really kind of cool and unique. Um, I think my biggest takeaway from it was just, you know, don't settle for it and don't accept it the way it is. And just, you know, be proactive um, in the way that you live your life and just be proactive in the things that you do and being mindful of that so that you're not falling into that, you know, monotonous routine. So that's kind of my takeaways from it. Uh, it was really cool to, like I said, really cool, unique opportunity to kind of get to listen to that um, and have not have to worry, you know, um, I guess hear it from me speaking, pers- uh, from me speaking perspective to kind of, you know, cause obviously I'm biased. So it was really cool to be able to really look at that from our perspective and to hopefully use that as a building point to make our podcast better down the road. Definitely. I also want to hear a little bit about uh, Put in Bay, what that was like for you and your wife. So that was fun. Um, I'm going to spoiler alert. Josh copied me and went this last weekend. So dude's a copier. Uh, no, it's extremely fun. Put in Bay, uh, Lake Erie in general, but Put in Bay specifically um, is just a place that I really enjoy. I like to get up there by the water, um, which is really weird because I hate swimming. So um, the fact that I hate swimming, but I like to be near water. So it is kind of unique, but. Uh, Putin Bay is, will always hold a special place in my heart. It's it just, it's so beautiful. There's just so much to do there. The people are always so great and just joyous to be around. And um, it's actually the place where I proposed to my wife or future wife at the time. So that's, you know, that was obviously will always hold a special place in my heart as far as what that means to me. Um, it was an incredibly unique experience to say the least. Um, Molly and I have never actually really tent camp. We've done it one other time and it was for like a day and then Molly was like over it. So we had to come home. Um, <laughs> so this was unique too in the sense that we were like three hours away. So it was pretty much like you were going to do it. If we're going to make this commitment, we got to do it. Um, it was really bad weather when we first got there. It was just like really windy and like rainy and like miserable. And it looked like the weather was not going to break and that's the way it was going to be for the entire the entirety of our trip. Uh, but about six o'clock that night, it broke and it was so gorgeous. It was beautiful the entire weekend. We got lucky. The weather shifted, um, had so much sunlight. It was beautiful, beautiful nights on the water. If you haven't, if you have a chance, I would kind of as a little plug, check it out. Um, South Bass Island State Park, 
is gorgeous. It's there's all kinds of campsites. Um, you're literally on the water, so you're overlooking the water every single morning, which was just phenomenal to do for a couple of days, especially right now um, in these crazy times with COVID, just to be able to get away and um, kind of unplug for a bit, but yet still be close to society because you're about a you know mile and a half walk away from downtown Putin Bay. So to have all the fun party life for all you partiers out there. Um, saw some really saw a Lake Erie water snake. Molly about, um, you know, jumped up out of the, the grass. I don't think I've ever seen her move quite so fast in my life. Um, when she looked down and saw this, like, you know, uh, four foot snake. So. <laughs> so funny, man, because said, um, I, I'll take it as I followed your advice and Holly and I followed suit literally one weekend later and uh, less than a weekend later. And yep. we did Kelly's Island, which is right beside Putin Bay. Um, we did Kelly's Island for a day and then put in bay for a day and we did everything outside. Like you said, with how crazy everything is, um, if you go there, you can really spend the whole time there, pack a lunch and never have to really be close to anyone. Um, especially if you go during the week, uh, yes. ghost town. um, but I'm glad that you said that experience about camping because we also camped and we consider ourselves campers, but we haven't done it in so long. And we've just gotten so used to being home that I was the biggest crybaby with camping. I got zero sleep. We way like we packed so much stuff for how little we were there. We got in there pretty much when it was dark. It was super hot. It was an interesting. Experience. So did you guys do a South Bass Island too then? So we did, we did Kelly's Island and then for the day, we came back on a ferry and then stayed at East Harbor State Park, which is kind of- Okay, that was my question. Which park you stayed at? I didn't know which park you actually stayed at. Yep. Um, okay. My question to you is, people listening to this that have been to Putin bay when we were biking it yesterday, I was wondering, because I feel like Molly had told me that you walked from the downtown area to the campsite. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That is a hike, man. Well, we actually, we actually walked in that morning. So we walked into downtown Putin Bay from our campsite and then we walked back that night. So we actually walked both ways. So to give people an idea, if you have not been there yesterday, we were at the park in the downtown Marina area and we wanted to leave and get on the 3.30 ferry. And we left the park at 3.05 and got there just in time at 325. So it took us 20 minutes and we were biking pretty quickly to get from point mm -hmm. A to point B. And you guys walked past where the ferry yes. takes off to the park. So that's a good exercise right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. We had, a, we had a lot of fun. So, well, I'm glad you guys were able to go and be able to experience that. Um, if anybody on here hasn't checked it out, definitely get, get to Putin Bay Island, get up there and get camping. Um, but I want to really dive right into today's topic. Um, I'm really excited to kind of talk about this um, and just to hear Josh's perspective on some of this. Uh, we're not going to have any necessarily particular like part of sports that we're going to talk about tonight for COVID. It's just mostly going to be how have sports changed? Do we see things changing more in the future? Do we see any positives maybe coming out of some of this? Just different areas of topic and how sports are different and how COVID is kind of impacting all that. So do you have any thoughts on anything that you want to add or talk about or any burning desired questions that you, you want to kind of throw out there? It's interesting because we brought up this topic today in our topics meeting, which is us texting each other and say, Hey, what do you want to talk about tonight? Absolutely. And 
I wasn't sure what direction to go. So just hearing you say that right now, talking about future, um, future of sports and the positives that could possibly come from this, I'm excited to kind of dive into those topics. Um, but I guess in general, if, if we were to start in any direction, is there a certain where place that you want to start with this? Not necessarily. I just want to say how absolutely crazy I, and I wouldn't even say crazy in a bad way. It just amazes me every day how much something as simple as like a virus. And I know that the, not to undermine the seriousness of the virus, but it's just like crazy to me to think that something like this has so ultimately negatively already impacted and changed the sports realm. Like yeah. it's crazy to me to think about how that's done growing up as a, since a small child, like sports has always been a thing for me. One, that's an outlet. It's something for me to watch. It's something for me to do, participate in. Um, I've always either been playing a sport or watching a sport, probably every single, you know, season of whatever sport is in. And you kind of start to take that for granted. And just, uh, you know, having those, now that we're starting to get some of those back, you know, over the last few weeks, um, it's been kind of crazy. It was like, kind of like almost honestly, like depressing, uh, it, but also kind of like eye-opening as well like you don't realize how much our society runs on sports and thrives on sports and relies on that um as not only like a source of entertainment but honestly like as a source of social interaction with one another mm -hmm. um so it's kind of interesting kind of going through that like i found myself honestly like spending a lot more quiet time to myself without sports yeah i would agree 100 percent because for me when I'm trying to process sports, you and I both, sports make up a good bit of our lives, whether it's sports or watching, consuming, talking about our conversations. Like we hardly go a conversation without somehow just dipping our toes into sports. Right. And so to, to think in that mindset, um, some people that don't even watch sports, um, it, they can still understand the magnitude of what this year has been for sports. And for me, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm looking at it and deconstructing it, I think thinking from the beginning, because like you said, it, it's almost as though sports felt invincible. It couldn't really be touched. There's so much uh, stuff I'll say that goes on in the world. <laughs> and, and sports are the things that bring us together. So uh, when I think of, you know, like those, those moments in sports that really brings like the country together, let's say, um, post nine 11, George Bush threw out the first pitch and threw it right down the middle, perfect strike. And the crowd went crazy. And it was one of those field goal moments for the country. Cause it's like, okay, we can escape from the craziness and go to, um, this, this sporting world. Um, you think of the miracle on ice back in the 80s when the United States beat the Soviet Union, and that was a big moment for the country. You think about the Olympics, and it brings the world together, all these athletes. There's just so many tropes and feel-goods and stuff kind of interwoven into sports, and you, you always hear sports are good for people to become better leaders and those sorts of things. So it's just we're always um, operating in the sports world, and they, they kind of run parallel to one another, right? So when this first started, and I remember this was right around the time of March Madness, and I thought to myself at that time, there is no way they're going to cancel this tournament because of money, because of power, because it's just the way it's been, right? You, you, yeah. There's never been 
not a March Madness in our lifetime. So there's just no possible way. And then it went to, well, they might play it, but there's no fans. And I thought, oh, I can't imagine what that would look like, a sporting event with no fans. Now, removed six months or however, however far away, it's so funny now to think about what I thought it was going to be or how I thought it was not possible. And then fast forward all those months without it. So I think that's really where I have to start the conversation of this really pulled the rug under what I thought was always going to be a guarantee with sports. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of where I was going with it was that it's just been sports is always that staple that you can count on that no matter what was going on in the world, no matter what was going on, you could always count on having some sort of sports entertainment. And so to have that kind of pulled out from underneath you was just like eye opening. And kind of like you said, that not everything, there's nothing that's invincible to, you know, just nature, I guess, or the world. Like it's just, and you don't realize how much sports actually does bring people together. Like you don't realize that until it's like away. You don't realize how many, how many of your conversations with just like some of your peers stem from around sports. And then you're all of a sudden like forced to try to actually communicate with somebody and you can't talk about sports. It's, it's kind of crazy. It is. And it, it was so weird. Um, just a couple weeks after it had started, you, you definitely got more used to it over time. Um, but at first I was like, gosh, I, I really base a lot of my calendar around sporting events or around sports. So during football season, every Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Thursday, you got something to watch, something to look forward to. You're in like different fantasy leagues and stuff like that. And so it's just, it is weird to think how it, it kind of is that um, common denominator amongst so many people. And suddenly you didn't have that. And it was one of those things where if you try to quit any kind of um, advice that you have or whatever, the first several weeks, it's like, whoa, this is starkly different from my normal. Absolutely. Which kind of segues me into kind of what I, one of the points I kind of want to get your take on tonight um, to steer and not to be negative, Nancy, we'll get back to a more positive note here in a moment, but I'm going to steer to a more negative side of things right now. Um, just because I really do want to hear your opinion on some of this, just because it's so much to take in. You got now that we're starting right now. now. What's that? You got me all nervous right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Um, the, you know, we're starting to see some of our major league sports open back up, you know, NASCAR, baseball, hockey, um, basketball, all the major sports are starting to, you know, open back up and we're not having, you know, obviously no fans at these events, but it's starting to open back up a little bit, which is nice. And it's great for, you know, for us for a conversation piece, but then you're also now starting to see also the opposite side of that that we're starting to have sports, fall sports now postponed or taken away at right now, more of a, just a collegiate and high school level. Um, not yet at a pro level, but it's just like, it's kind of like it's coming full circle again. You know, we're already, we feel like we've got through this like an uncertainty, this uncertain stage. And now we're pulling all these sports away from our, you know, what would be our fall sports coming up. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm not sure, sure that it's a good thing, but I, I mean, I understand it. But I just, I don't know that I, I don't know. I know that I understand why, but I don't know that I agree with it. So the question is, let's say that you are, um, I don't know if you're referencing a certain sport, like right now. I'm just saying all, like, I guess for me, my big thing is, is like all fall sport athletes, not just one specific sport, all fall sport athletes. 
because for the most part, we're seeing almost every fall sport from a collegiate level and a high school level being postponed. Mm-hmm. They're not just going for one specific sport. You know, obviously everybody knows fall, you're talking football, but it's not just football. You know, you got football, cross country, um, all these other like events that are fall sports are being just canceled across the board. Mm-hmm. So do you think that it could be a one size fits all in terms of it should be all or nothing? So from um, let's say like peewee up to professional, do you think it should be that everything follows like a model or do you think it kind of depends on the level that it's at? I think it's obviously going to depend at the level that it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, just due to a number of things. Um, I mean, obviously the maturity level of different ages of where you're at, the understanding of what does this really look like? What does this mean? The rules and procedures that you have to put into place um, to kind of protect players. Because I do understand the protecting of the athlete perspective. I do understand that. I totally 100% get it. I just feel like we're at a point where it's like, it's easier because we're all about a society that's easy it's easier to say we're just not going to do this because we know that it's what's safe rather than really looking at what are some safe options or options to at least give us somewhat of a season for these athletes. If that makes sense. Like, I just feel like a lot of these conferences or you know people that are making these decisions are just looking at like, okay, we can keep everybody safe by just not having the sport or not, you know, having the events. And not, I, I, at least not from what I can tell from an outside perspective, really taking a really close look at like, okay, what can we really do to give these athletes somewhat of a season for something that they've worked so hard for? Mm-hmm. You know, because most of these fall athletes have been practicing all summer. They've been practicing all spring, you know, all, you know, this entire time, um, all spring, all summer. And now it's just like, by the way, now you're not going to get to play. And now, by the way, you're not going to get to, you know, act upon something that you've been training so actively hard for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's what really sucks about this virus is that um, it's created so many uncertainties that we don't know how to move forward and we have to move forward while we're not sure how to move forward. Right. So mm-hmm. life is marching on around us and we need time um, and resources to get a better grip on what not only the short-term effect of all of this is, but what's the long-term effect, whether you're looking at the economy or the human body, like how, what is the effect of this virus on the human body, on society. Um, but we were, time's taken along, right? And science doesn't always work that way where we can get answers now. We have to go through those trials and errors and whatnot. Um, so I think that is what the toughest thing is. And we've seen that not only in sports, but we've seen that with, a lot of things. So whether it's weddings, like I know my fiance and I are going through that craziness right now. It's high, uh, graduations for high school seniors and college seniors. Like as an academic advisor, seeing this past graduating class not really have a ceremony and it just kind of ended and they worked so hard up to that point. Um, it's, it's tough, man. And I think you have to just weigh the, the liability. I think that's what it comes down to all these companies and teams is they're assessing the risk versus reward and it's tough i i, I don't know i don't the, I, I don't know the right answer to this and i can i've seen arguments from both sides so as we're recording this today the big 10 and the pac 12 both announced that they're postponing the season 
maybe they do spring, maybe they don't. There are other conferences that are saying, um, let's come one, come all. We'll invite teams from other conferences down to our conference, like the Southeastern Conference, mm-hmm. um, which I think we always say that sports reflects society and society re- reflects sports. It's a, a two-way street. And sports kind of reflect how we are as a country right now. And um, I'm not going to dive into either side of that, but it just we are uh, at odds with a lot of things right now. And there's always two sides to the conversation. And it it looks like sports are that way right now, too. And um, I'm just happy that I am not one of the decision makers at those institutions or um, for those conferences because – there's a lot of money that's being um, lost for people working uh, concessions, working the parking garages, um, going into the university. Um, but I mean, when it comes to those players, if if they don't know the long-term effects of what this stuff is, they talk about how one of the side effects could be like enlarged hearts or respiratory scarring or who knows what. Um, and time will tell with that too, but it's, it's tough. It's, it's a lot to consider. Absolutely. And I think my biggest concern comes more when you start hitting the collegiate and professional level. Um, obviously I understand more at a high school level in sports or, or anything. Um, we have to do what's in the best interest of our children, right? I mean, that's just all, all children, not even just our children specifically, but all children, we have to do what's in the best interest and we have to make those tough decisions. Um, I think where my, where my biggest issue lies with it is when we start reaching those different, differing levels where we're talking about full grown adults who have the ability to think coherently for themselves and have the ability to, you know, make that choice, um, and rationalize whether or not they want to take that risk for, especially for something that's their profession. Um, you know, I guess that's where I'm just like, kind of like, it's so tough. Like, I know that you have to look out for the best interest of your company or your organization or the greater good, but man, it's just like, you're taking away the choices for some of these full grown adults to do something that is like their livelihood. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I look at it as this way. If like someone came to me tomorrow and was like, Hey, you can't do your job because we said so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I just feel like that would be so tough. Like to take it, take that in. Like, I, I think yeah. I can understand it for other things like graduations, weddings, not to take away from the like, sadness and things that that people are feeling from those things but i can understand that because you're kind of you know a lot of those are like like you said like a liability thing where people don't necessarily get to make decisions about who's coming who's not coming to those events um so you can't really control it i guess it's just when you're talking sports though it's like this is messing with someone's job Mm -hmm. and their way to provide their for their family you know and, and the people that also and not just the athletes but like you said the people that work the concessions like the people that are doing those things, granted, there has been a lot of outreach from a lot of our professional athletes to pay for those things. You know, like I know a lot of basketball players paid for um, their full arena staff to be paid for, you know, during this, it's just, it's a tough call. It's a tough decision. And I don't know. I don't know that there is a right answer. I think you're right. I mean, I think it's just time will tell, but I have a really big problem with that. I think just telling people what, what they are and aren't allowed to do as far as making money for themselves or their family. And I can respect that because I, in my head, so I guess I'll say when it comes to this whole situation, I find it really interesting because when we said that we were going to talk about this a little bit today, I was trying to think of what side I fall on the fence. 
and I don't really know that I fall like um, like 75, 25. I definitely don't fall 100, zero. Like I'm pretty 50, 50 on this where I can at least see both sides of the argument. And um, I, I tend to lean more like, let's be cautious about this. But, and maybe if we say, you know what, 2020 is a wash, let's get back to it next year and hit the ground running. But I can totally see both sides. And like what you said, I respect the heck out of that. And that's where, for me, professional sports separates um, from everything below that. And because like with high school, um, it's tough because you only have four years. That's how you really make a lot of friends in high school. If you're on sporting teams, that's how you get your confidence. That's how you meet people. There's, I mean, you just gain so many skills, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. And I guess my biggest thing is high school. Like I'm completely, like I said, I completely understand like putting things in place, canceling things. And like I said, we're looking out for kids and that's our job as a society is to look out for our kids and look out for our youth and look out for the people that, you know, may not be able to do that. But I do think if you get to like that collegiate level, they can one make decisions, but two, you can enact policies. If you really take the time to sit down and do it, they can really help to keep players safe. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, make sure that players kind of understand what the expectations are. I mean, obviously nothing's going to be perfect. I mean, we've seen that in even professional sports, like these full grown adults that are like in their thirties can't even follow rules of not going out at night. Right. So, I mean, you're obviously going to have some of that, um, but at least they're able to make those decisions and, and know the risks and be able to actually, you know, coherently understand if they make a risky action, what that could entail. Yeah. And college for me is a murky uh, area anyway, because I agree. A lot of, <laughs> you know me, our conversations. That oh, I've, yeah. You, I think we both agree on that. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I have a lot of ethical issues um, with collegiate athletics anyway. So I don't really know how, how to touch on that because there are just so many interwoven um, issues with college athletics in my opinion. But when, if I were to quickly touch on pro sports, I agree with you where I think that players should be allowed to make the decision. I thought it was good that they had like, Hey, if you mm-hmm. want to opt out, we're going to provide a stipend for you. You're going to get your money. Um, you're going to be protected in a sense and you are an adult. And if you decide that, you know, I want to put myself out there. I mean, listen, man, if we're talking about football as sports, <laughs> is the virus any more um, harmful than what these football players are putting themselves through at the professional level anyway, with concussions and all the health effects that come from that. Um, and you could argue, yes, and once we get more informa- information on the virus, maybe. But what they're doing already pre-virus is pretty darn dangerous. So, Absolutely. Uh, and I think the other thing, too, is with pro sports, they have the resources and the owners have buku amount of bucks that they can throw as much money as they want into really sound testing protocols. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're getting their hands on stuff that the general public doesn't get. So they can get as much as they want in terms of testing and resources and making sure that they're following these guidelines, um, as many healthy bodies as possible. So, um, I think in that sense that that's okay. Um, and actually that's a question I have for you because I heard this argument over the weekend and it was that really put me on my heels because at first I had an emotional response and it was pushback. And then I, the more I thought about it, I, 
I don't know if I disagree with it or I, I see valid um, a valid uh, argument in that. And it's that some people are saying with college athletics, the players are safer by staying on campus and playing college football because now they're in a controlled environment where they have more resources with testing and following protocols and having a structure and stuff like that. What's your thoughts? So, okay. So what I would say is, is that going to, is that um, mentality going to absolutely 100% like describe every college athlete? No way. Um, I would never say that every single athlete that's on a college football team is going to be safer on, on campus or on that team than they would be if they went home. Um, what I will add on to that, though, is there are definitely uh, – and I have no, no statistics on this or anything like that in front of me, right? But what I would say is there are definitely kids or youth or, you know, college kids on – and honestly, even at the professional level, to be honest with you, there are people that are safer by being in a structured environment especially at the high school and college level, but being in a structured environment where they are part of a team where they have a commitment and a responsibility to something and someone else that is bigger than themselves for one, because they may not get that elsewhere. They're not going to get that sense of responsibility or that sense of team and beat leadership and, you know, the camaraderie that you're going to get from that. But I also look at, you look at a lot of athletes, um, both at collegiate level, high school level, and even really pro level. Um, a lot of them, especially if we're just talking football, but basketball, a lot of these other sports, a lot of them do come, unfortunately, from backgrounds that may not be safe for them. That you know, it's kind of the whole mentality where, you know, it's in kind of with the prison system that we kind of deal with, where we get 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 people out of it, but then we send them back into the same environment, mm-hmm. um, that's maybe a toxic environment, um, and that could be due to due to a number of reasons. You know, I mean, obviously, we know generational poverty and you know this whole cycle that happens for whatever reason, but if you're taking some of these kids that football or whatever sport that they chose to do is kind of like their way out of living a life that maybe their entire family has led, you know, lived up to this point, this is their, their way out to kind of break that cycle. But then you're going to say, Hey, by the way, you can't play sports and you can't do this. And we're going to send you back into an environment in which you're not going to be successful. And it's not giving you the tools or the resources to make you have the best absolute chance to be successful. Absolutely. Every single, I can guarantee you every single team, I don't care what sport uh, they, they have those people. So yes, I would say absolutely. There are, there are kids that would be safer by being on a campus. And I would say even from like the availability of resources in the sense of, you know, health resources. Yes. Too. I mean, cause some of them do come from very um, poor, you know, neighborhoods that don't have access to appropriate healthcare. I mean, it's just the reality of the world we live in, especially when you're talking like cycle of poverty and stuff of that nature. So I would lean towards more the side of, yeah, that's a, and I mean, there's obviously like a lot you can dive into on that topic, obviously, right? Like there's so many different ways that that could go. And I know I kind of went on a little tangent there, but absolutely. um, Sports has always been a safe haven for a lot of people. It's been a safe haven for a lot of people to go to to, you know, make a better life for their family and to change some of the generational things that maybe their families had to be through, go through. And um, by, by, by taking that away, you're definitely going to be doing harm to some kids. I wouldn't say all kids or the majority of kids or majority of people, but there are going to be people that are going to fall in the cracks. And because of that, I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, that's so well said. I literally have nothing to add to that. And I just want to say that what I appreciate about that 
is um, I think now when it comes to debates, arguments, conversations, everything is absolutist and we, it has to be all or the other. And I think you eloquently put that there are always nuances to it, but you're, I agree everything with what you said um, about how it's gonna be, it will be better for some people to have that structure, right? Um, I have one other question for you before we hop into like the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry guys. I, we were a little <laughs> bit more on the negative side than we wanted to, but I'm like a rolling train. When you get me started on something, I'm like going, I have one question for you and then we'll get the heck out of here. So let's say all the forms of sports come back. Let's say there's some version of college football, NFL's rolling hockey, basketball, baseball, all of it. When you watch it as a fan, can you watch sports now as you did pre-virus where you just kind of like escape to it? Or is there a twinge of like guilt or do you feel weird watching it um, just knowing everything else that's going on right now? So that's a really good question. And I think I've got like a two-part answer here. So if I'm looking, if I'm looking at a pro level, um, at pro sports in general, I would say I have no feelings of like you know, like I feel guilty or anything of that nature um, because every pro sport up to this point has given uh, opt out options for all their players. You know, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. We're going to go on as a league or, or as an organization. So the people that are there want to be there and are making that conscious decision to be there. I would say it makes me appreciate pro sports a little bit more um, just because, again, as we already kind of hit on this, is, sports was always just like something that was like taken for granted. It was always there. And so not having to be able to have that, I kind of appreciate the fact of like what sports really brings to my life a little bit more now. And so I kind of think I watch that. I think I watch it more now as an actual fan than I did before. Um, and not just a fan of like certain teams or anything like that, but like as a fan of sports um, and to really appreciate um, what sports does, but also appreciate like the work that people are really putting in to be able to do that. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, if I was a pro athlete, I don't know that I would play right now with the virus. I just think people should have that right if they want to do that, that they should have that option. Um, and so it's been really kind of eye-opening, too, to see, like, we always hear people say these pro athletes are dedicated to their sports. They're dedicated to their trades. But to really see the people that are like, no, I am willing to go out and put my, you know, health on the line in a sense of, like, you know, there's this virus out there, but I'm so committed to the sport and my trade that I'm willing to make that sacrifice it honestly makes you a bigger fan of sports a little bit, in my opinion. Um, now, if I was watching high school sports, I'll be honest with you, um, unless you're, unless they have a really, really good system that's in place that's going to really uh, eliminate some of you know, the exposure opportunities for high school athletes, I, I absolutely think that high school sports um, should be canceled. Um, just because there's no – unless you can find a way to really heavily regulate that to protect kids. And unfortunately, a lot of these high schools don't have the means to do that. They just don't have the money. I mean, it's just not there um, to be able to do that. Um, so I would, I, I would feel bad watching a high school sports. Um, I mean, I'd be happy for the kid to get to do what they do and get to do what they love, but there would be that kind of like fear of guilt of like these kids are being kind of put at risk um, and may not fully understand the ramifications that that might have down the road. Um, I'm not even going to touch on college sports just because like we've already kind of talked about, that's a really icky topic. Me and you both have, you know, some very, uh, very similar opinions on the way that the collegiate system works and, and the whole system is kind of broken. So I can't really say if I'd be one way or the other on that. I mean, I think if a player wants to have the right to play, they should, but 
they're an adult, but I don't know if at the NCAA, you know, at the NCAA's expense and being able to kind of make money on this kid's um, risk. And that's all I'm, more I'm going to say on that. Patrick, take us out of this negativity. We're, we're so out of the negativity, guys. So sorry that was a little boggy down. Um, <laughs> but I really do, um, and I've thought about this over the last few weeks, I really do think that there's going to be a crap ton, maybe not next year, maybe not even in like two years. But I think within the next three to five years, we're going to see a lot of positives in the sports world. Um, they're going to come out of this. And it's going to take some time to – for that to be implemented and for that stuff to really like take into effect. But I do think we're going to see uh, a lot of things that are going to come of this. A lot of things that people maybe thought weren't possible previously that they've now had to kind of think outside the box as options. Um, because what's the number one thing that motivates big corporations like pro sports and collegiate sports? What, 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 what motivates the money, right? So if they're making the money, they're going to, if they're not making money, they're going to be more willing to think outside the box because they want to make that money. So they're going to, and wanting to have money drives ingenuity. Um, and that's awesome. Um, I know we've kind of hit on this um, in previous podcasts. I think we're going to see a really big market within five years for, for, for virtual attendance. I really do. I think we're going to, I honestly think we're going to start, we've already seen some of it in some of like the Super Bowls and stuff in previous years, they've kind of tinkered with it. Um, but I think within three years on that, we're going to see like, that's going to be a legit option that people can have where they can pay you know, whatever the charge is to sit in a certain level of seat to really virtually be able to experience a game. I, I do think that's going to be a technology that's going to be there within three years. I really do. Um, so that's definitely going to be one positive that I think is going to, to come of that. And I think it will also make sports a lot more attainable to some people who may not have necessarily otherwise been able to access that. Like, I think it's going to create a lot more easeability for sports, for people to watch sports, participate in sports. Um, but on the flip side of that, so not just even from a consumer perspective, I think it's going to lead down the road and I think you're going to see it at all levels of sports. Um, we're going to see much more strict, um, what's the word, better, I guess, care for our athletes. Like you're going to see so much more health, you know, conscious, like, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for here, but you're going to see just so much more like policies in place i think that are going to really protect our players um from ailments and sicknesses and there's just going to be a lot more policies i think in place for player from a player protection standpoint um specifically i think at the collegiate level to be honest um because pro athletes like we've already kind of hit on they they're, they're making their choices they're really putting their bodies through a heck of a lot as it is um but i do feel like our collegiate athletes are not necessarily protected in the way that they should be right now um you know, like we've kind of hit on to, like, that's a lot of them. That's their way to make their stake and claim um, and to make their living, you know, especially depending on their situations in which they come from. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of colleges um, see them as property versus as humans. And a lot of times we see these players get hurt who basically hurt themselves for the college and ruin their chances to go pro. And we're not just seeing the best care necessarily at all collegiate levels. That's not to say that, athletes aren't taken care of like you know that they're like taking them out back and beating them but mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, like you know these these athletes especially at some of these smaller schools this is where i'm really going to be interested to see i think there's going to be advancements in that stuff and i'll be curious to see how that leaks down to some of the smaller schools and how much more readily available um some of these policies and different just procedures that are better and safer practice become available you hit on a lot of good i wanted to touch on 
and um, stealing that thunder. I know, seriously. I think the cool thing about um, I'm trying to think how to word this correctly. I think one of the one of the good things that will come out of this will be that we were forced to evolve. And that's, again, that's not in sports. That's in, in all countries and corporate America. Um, and just in general is whenever these things happen, we're forced to be just slightly more efficient and we're going to rely on technology more. So it's been kind of cool to see if you've, if anyone's watched the NBA's restart, um, they have so many flashing lights and just digital fans. Like digital that's what I'm fans. saying. They're kind of already starting that whole like VR. Yeah. You know, yeah. where you can be there. Yeah, and I was really uh, hesitant and apprehensive to see what this new NBA would look like when they're playing in basically the equivalent of a hotel conference room that has a wooden floor on top of it. And I'll tell you what, man, the first time I watched the, the very first game opening night, I was getting like invested in this like random uh, bun- like bunching up of two teams. I forget who was even playing that night. And I, I was getting excited because they like pump in the crowd noise and – um, you're right. Like it, this whole VR thing that we've talked about before, I don't even need my money. I just want my my recognition of they need to sell VR seats. I think what you said about in that same episode that they need to sell games at an individual price point and you say, hey, you can buy this Saints Bucks game for four bucks um, through Apple or through whatever. Right. Through NFL, through the NFL app or something like that this year would be so nice for that because if your team is out of market and you don't have direct TV, then normally you would go to the bar, but the bar may not be the bar this year. So how are you going to get your football? This would be the time to have those options. So that should definitely be something in the future that they need to latch on to. And then what you said about, especially collegiate athletics, I think that's going to be, in my opinion, one of the greatest takeaways from this is um, this virus kind of became the vehicle through which players may start to get more representation and have more of a voice at the table because it's something that there's so much money involved in this. Um, there's the word amateurism, but it's uh, a bygone term in my opinion. And Absolutely. I think if we are looking at what it actually is and not what we say it is to be, and it basically a minor league system for the pro leagues. And there is those partnerships between those where they're um, kind of funneling them through to get to the NFL. So if this gives them the ability to whatever unionize or um, have more of a voice at the table and not just be told what to do, but they have a say in it for their safety, then I think that should be something if that anyone should, should champion and get behind because we should want that at all in all uh, facets of life when it comes to jobs and working and whatnot. So maybe that's something that, that comes from that. We'll see. But um, for me, another exciting one is baseball because baseball is I'll watch it when it's a playoff time or if, if I'm in the car driving, it's on the radio or whatever, but I don't really naturally gravitate towards baseball and even baseball who is so, uh, firm in their stances on tradition and this is the way we play the game and gamesmanship and stuff like that but even those uh stiff rule makers are loosening up and they're doing seven uh, inning games on double headers or they're trying out different stuff so 
I think it's good because it's, it's forcing leagues to think creative, like you said, and they um, have the ability to now because there's never a good time to try out all kinds of stuff unless if you have to. And so let's see what comes from it. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the things you hit on there that I kind of want to just go back on is at the collegiate level, I think you're already starting to see this where players are getting a little bit more of a voice. You know, when they cancel these things, you're seeing players like lash out on Twitter and say like, hey, we should get a voice, you know, expressing their opinions and what they want to do. And I can remember a time in history where basically if you were a collegiate player and you spoke out of turn, so to speak, right? You pretty much just committed like collegiate suicide. Like your team was going to drop you. Like no team would pick you back, pick you up because you were seen as like a troublemaker because you were speaking your mind for something that, you know, you really wanted to fight for. Um, I would be really, what I would love to see happen is there to be, I mean, if you look at every pro sport and like you've already said, a lot of our collegiate sports are minor league sports to the pro system. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really love to see like a players association um, come out for the collegiate that, that's player led, not ex player led, not someone who played football or played whatever 20 years ago. But I think having a panel of active athletes representing across all gender race, um, you know, in all sports, having that active voice to be able to have a committee that could, you know, express the players' concerns, I think would be huge. And I think we're on our way to that. I think we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing these players get more of a voice than they've kind of been allotted, so to speak, previously. So I'm going to be kind of curious to see how that plays out. Even I would honestly think at the end of this year, um, and I would really be interested to see like what with this COVID stuff, once it starts to kind of roll out, how this conversation, and I won't get too far into it, but I would be interested to see how this impacts collegiate players getting paid. Mm-hmm. Like I would like to see how the the viewpoint on that changes, kind of knowing what we know now and how some of these people might lose their livelihoods moving forward because of this virus, that it might give these players more of an actual voice to be able to, you know, advocate for being paid for doing providing a service mm-hmm. yeah i mean i would be curious to see how that impacts we could spend a whole episode just on that absolutely yes we could you have written many papers on it as a sports management major and i wrote about a 20 page uh paper for it for my junior english class in college so we yeah. could literally yeah. spend an entire podcast on that that topic um, on a side note speaking yeah. of sports just so everybody knows um it is currently on August uh, 11th when this is coming out. And let's just talk about how dumb it is that hockey does not allow a shootout in playoffs um, as the Columbus Blue Jackets are facing the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. Uh, and that game is going on probably about four and a half hours in operation. They are in currently fourth overtime. I'm getting ready to go into a fifth. That's so, <laughs> And it's 20-minute um, periods, might I add. So at this point, uh, they've already played one um, period past a normal-sized game. What are you um, doing, NHL? What are you doing? Like, I have no idea. So I just want to throw that out there, how incredibly dumb that is, especially for a player safety standpoint. Gosh, we were talking about how that some of these leagues are getting better by being forced to. NHL, man, step it up. Let's, let's get it going. Let's get – people love shootouts. We love – you know, getting down to the end and you've had your chances and you added the extra overtime. And then now let's let's finish it up. Let's have some excitement and see what happens. Absolutely. So I have one last thing to say and then I'll shut up and then whatever you want to say um, to wrap it up here. But I think one of the big takeaways too that I've gained in this time, you referenced on the front end of this, 
that it forced you to have more quiet time. I think something that this time has allowed for me is time away from sports, obviously, which has made me realize that life, the sun does come up the next day if we don't have sports. And (laughs) as with anything, if you quit social media and then you get back to it, you're sucked right back in. I'm sure I'll be sucked right back into it. But I've, once I've gotten far enough removed from it, I've realized that I'm able to live a life without it as crazy as that sounds and as, as dramatic as that sounds. But I've kind of um, enjoyed not having heart palpitations, watching some of these crazy sporting events. Um, I've enjoyed not uh, hating myself after wasting three hours watching a Browns game and stuff like that. So um, not that they'd be playing during that time anyway, but it's been kind of nice just to have some time away from it. Um, and I'm sure I'll get right back to it, but Absolutely. it's been kind of nice having a break. Yeah, I agree. So with that, I think we're going to wrap up tonight's conversation, guys. Um, I know we kind of went a little bit of everywhere with that conversation, but um, I think it was a good conversation. Um, what my, I guess my plea to the audience, if you're listening to this would be just post and let me know, let us know your thoughts. Like, what are your thoughts on sports right now? What are things you think that are positive? Like, what are your thoughts on some of the negative things that we're seeing going on? Uh, I want to hear you guys' thoughts. So feel free to post that on our Facebook page uh, or feel free, honestly, to just reach out to Josh or I. I'm always willing and wanting to have those conversations, um, you know, because through those conversations is how we learn and get better. So with that, I think we're going to log off tonight. Um, and I look forward to talking with you all next week.